Hi everyone, today since we're talking about the new BBC show Seven Worlds One Planet, I wanted to talk to two kangaroos. The first episode is all about Australia and we get to the point where we talk about how kangaroos are the best animal on the planet but happen to be a little bit dumb. Do you have a comment about that, Mr. Kangaroo? Yeah, um, I do. Um, you know, I think kangaroos are really smart, you know. We're actually quite intelligent creatures. We like Hello. to- Hello. Oh, Hello. Hello, is this oh. Domino's? No, this is not Domino's. I'm kangaroo too. What do you say to people who uh, criticize your intelligence? Um, so, you know, we don't all like pizza, you know, we, um, we're actually like to I calzones. No, we don't have calzones in Australia. You know, we have, I, uh, I meat wait, pies. We can, eat meat pies. Hello, is this Domino's? Can I have a koala? This is oh not a God. delivery oh phone call. God. I'm trying to interview guys on behalf of Bad I Science, swear, a podcast. I swear to God, all you Bad Science listeners, we are not so stupid. Do you guys read books? Have you read any books we, recently? We read I, lots one of books. Time, I play. One time I put a book in my in my little pocket and I thought it was my Joey. Well, she she represents the one percent of um, kangaroos here in Australia. Okay. Um, well, I don't know. Jur- jury's out, I guess. It seems like half and half no, at this point. No, we're really smart. We're not dumb. And a diet coke, please. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Hi everybody, welcome to Bad Science, I'm Ethan Edinburgh, and today we're talking about the new show Seven Worlds, One Planet, and the first episode specifically, which is all about Australia, and so very fitting, we have two unbelievable guests here, I feel very fortunate, very lucky. First, of course, is my favorite generic Australian <laughs> actor, it's Without Zach Garrett. the Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's a few that I would consider, but besides them, my favorite generic <laughs> Australian <laughs> actor, Zach Garrett. How's it going, Zach? It's great, mate. Yeah, thank, you well. for, thank you for having me. No, please, thank you for being here, and you just came back from Australia I recently, did, yeah, yeah. so you'll be able to to tell us all about the geography of Australia. Flat, mostly flat, mostly flat. Yeah, okay, thank yeah. you guys for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us is uh, the producer of the Asia and Australia episodes of Seven Worlds One Planet. It's Dr. Emma Napper. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Dr. Emma. Thank you for being here from Bristol. Yes, from Bristol. Yes. I haven't been called Dr. Emma ever. I like it. It's good. Yeah, Thank th- you. This comes up a lot on the podcast, actually. A lot of scientists, they they earn their PhDs and then they don't go by doctor. They don't introduce themselves by doctor. And so I like to make it a point to really hammer that home. No, it is. Well, it's something you've earned. Yeah. You, you've studied for ages you, and you've become the repository of this, you know, Information. incredible wisdom. And- yeah. Yeah. I know. I know so much about the tiniest area of science. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm an absolute expert on that. It's still yeah. more going to schmucks like us. Well, well, on that point, too, like it was interesting when you, when you sort of break down. So you're a doctor of zoology, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then when I was looking into it, like particularly with relevance to your episode of the show, you've got zoologists, biologists, ecologists, meteorologists, climatologists, uh, these all these ologists from across the Hundreds field. Hundreds of ologists, yeah. yeah. Wow. And this is just within the realm of biology, as it were. <laughs> right. My God. You need experts in every tiny field to come together to make something as phenomenal as Seven Worlds One (laughs) Planet. It really is so good. I'm sure by this point, uh, it's already come out. So everybody go check it out. It's so flipping unbelievable. I mean, uh, it's reminiscent of Planet Earth, Planet Earth 2, Life, all of these shows. And it's just, I don't know. You guys capture stuff that has never been seen before on camera. 
I don't know. There's just so many. I don't even want to just throw things at you, but there were so many sections of this show that I just never had seen anything like it. We were talking very briefly about that huge bird, the cassowary. Cassowary. Yeah. 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 I just didn't know that that existed. So for me, that was already mind-boggling. So just uh, to to get us started, how did you take an interest in this? I mean, were you just always into animals when you were young? How did you get involved? So I I grew up in a city in England, uh, in Manchester. So there was like, there were no, there was no like grass or trees or anything like that. So so um, I totally escaped into the Attenborough programs when I was little. I just absolutely loved watching them and then um, would kind of pick up anything I could find in like on the street, like little ants and things like that, and take them into my house and be like, look, 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 I've got animals, I've got animals. I just I just love the natural world from his programs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he totally inspired me to then go on and study zoology and then... Um, yeah, after a lot of lot a lot of begging to the BBC to to let me come and join in with the fun, I, I eventually kind of got a week's work and then another week's work, and wow. and um, so that's all it takes to work for the BBC, just begging, just weeks yeah. and weeks of begging. <laughs> a, a, a PhD in a in a very tiny bit yeah. of science, four and being years, like four, four, seven seven years of study. Is it? Uh, it was only four. It was four, only four okay. years four of study. Years. Yeah, okay. four years of studying, and um, and yeah, and then yeah, f- uh, about three of those at least continuously begging, and yeah, <laughs> eventually eventually a chance to, to work. You just wear them down. Eventually, yeah, eventually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, and this has been in production for four years. Is that correct? It took four years to make this show. Yeah. So, yeah, Seven Worlds, One Planet. Uh, four years from us being given our given our brief to the program coming out. So, wow. Uh, so, yeah, four years ago, um, make a program about how uh, the continent of Asia has shaped the wildlife. The continent of Australia has shaped the wildlife. Go, and then and then <laughs> sure. yeah, Easy. and then we yeah 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 yeah, yeah the dramas so, yeah sure yeah it's so a third of the world's land Asia and um, wow. so yeah it was they were they were both kind of really um, fun challenges but Australia especially like is the most wonderful country and especially when you're not Australian and you land there and everything is different from the rest of the world I yeah. mean what a, what a treat I love I love that I love yeah. that and so Zach why is Australia so nice. So nice in general? I've never been. So sell me on Australia 90 seconds ago. I feel feel as though because it is such a hostile place naturally, you got to be nice to get by. (laughs) Which goes against, I think, the order of nature, you know, which is, of course, survival of the fittest. But that's probably why so many of our animals are so angry all the time. Like cassowaries themselves are beautiful, stunning creatures. Like they're the size of, to give you an idea, they're the size of the velociraptors in Jurassic Park, basically. Yes. But my mate's actually terrified of them and emus. He hates them. He's he's scared to death of them. Yeah, the deadliest bird in the world. They are the deadliest bird in the world. I was going to say, I'd probably be terrified too if I saw one in real life. Mm, Loved watching it on the show but if i saw it in the same room as me i'd flip out no you wouldn't it's it's not it's not a great thing no you don't want to be caught in a small space with them particularly if they've got a headache but like you've got they've got the, the three talons on their foot yeah. and and the middle one is designed to get up under your rib cage whoa so when they kick they perforate your diaphragm oh my, it's designed to kill it's humans it's designed to kill humans yeah <laughs> essentially i mean that's a, of course a strict generalization but in the show that there's a beautiful shot that you've that you procured of them walking on the beach yeah and you're very close to it how did you do that how did you get so close to a bird with such a, I think, a, a fearsome temperament, territorial temperament, I think is probably the right way to describe it. So he's a really special bird. And I think um, quite often um, it sounds like nuts, but these sequences come down to individual animals that we, and a lot of research to find those animals. So he was a, a bird that we knew about because he um, does this little route every day where he walks down onto a beach and back and back again. Most of them live in the deep forest and don't do that, but he, he does this little route every day wow. and happens to be near... Um, uh, near a campsite and so he's kind of used to seeing people around so he's not as scared um 
and uh, yeah, so it was a lot of a lot of work to to find him. And then we just sat on the beach. We were like, okay, well, let's. People say they see him down on the beach. Let's let's sit sit and wait. And then <laughs> one morning he just walks out onto the beach, and he's the most beautiful bird, stunning yeah. and just beautiful colours, and totally chilled. They that, shimmer oh too, God. don't they? Sorry, mate. So, but they yeah. shimmer. Yeah. Like like the 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 feathers on the back are almost glossed. Yes. Mm. So they've got this sort of shimmering kind of. It's like Beyonce with sequences. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? They Absolutely. got they got. It's booty. Australia's Beyonce. Yeah, it's, it's Australia's <laughs> Beyonce. Exactly. You don't want to meet Jay Z, man. It's, it's a scary. <laughs> oh, mate. Frightening. <laughs> yeah. It's frightening. But yeah. They've got the, they're quite captivating to look at. Yeah. And what struck me too is so funny, and that the bird is obviously striking. That's very dismissive way to describe it. The cassowary yeah. is striking. But in the documentary, when you, these particular rainforests, where they exist, and one thing I didn't know until I watched the doco was they're 100 million years old. 180, 180 million years old. Million years old yeah. The Daintree Rainforest. And they've got defense mechanisms on the trees that are there to defend against dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, they've those forests have seen all sorts, and um, and the trees there are just they're primed. Even though a lot of those animals have gone, they're just yeah. They've, they're, there's spikes. There's um, these small plants across the ground that are like barbed wire. Whoa. I mean, it's just, that forest is booby trapped. When you go and try and work <laughs> there, you're just kind of walking through, and there's just yeah. There's so yeah. How do you traverse? How do you get around there? I like we're not magic, just like really carefully and trying to get spiked yeah. or stuck in things. And <laughs> oh man, yeah. The, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a hostile. That forest doesn't want you there. Um, right. And it's really the and the animals there are tough. And yeah, no, it's a it's not it's not a holiday working there. It's really beautiful though. Really <laughs> beautiful. It, it is. Yeah. But no, it is. It's intense. Yeah. It, it wasn't until I I took my girlfriend down there who's from Alabama. She's from the States. And I was working down there on a job about three, four years ago. And we were there for 12 weeks. Right. And we went up to Mount Tambourine, which is this, again, a very ancient part of Australia. It's only probably about 45 minutes from the Gold Coast, which mm. is the beach surface paradise. You head up inland and it's an old volcanic area. It's been extinct now for oh, millennia. Mm. But it wasn't until I brought her there that you start to realize how much is actually around you. Because when you grow up with it, you talk about watching the wildlife docos mm. in Bristol or in Manchester, sorry, mm. in Manchester, and you know, being drawn into that world and seeing what's out there. We, when I grew up, we were watching a lot of shows and going to zoos and seeing things and then seeing the animals themselves in our backyard. Yeah, right. Whether they're cockatoos or funnel web spiders or yeah. king parrots or or snakes or something like that, they're just there. My my parents live in Byron Bay and they've got a, a water dragon that sits. He's a big one too. He's probably about half the length of this table. He sits on the front veranda. Oh, and Dad, I want to live there. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Dad feeds him peaches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he feeds him little peaches. I just remember as well seeing like kangaroos for the first time I know it sounds ridiculous but like so much of the wildlife in Australia you don't even if you work in this job you don't know about it but kangaroos you know about right it's sure, in kids book and sure. everything but to see one in real life you just look at it and go that is not real like yeah. I can't even believe it that doesn't really look real exists. I gotta say and I know it's yeah. probably super cliche but like there were several sequences of this episode that I thought for a second were CGI and then I had to take it back and go well obviously it's not CGI you idiot it's all this is the most real footage that exists on the planet yeah, um, I'm like that with squirrels that sounds Stupid. <laughs> this is the most stupid thing, but I will stop my, in my tracks to see a squirrel on the side. I've, been, I've lived here now for six years, yeah. but I will stop if I see a squirrel yeah. or a chipmunk or a raccoon or something like that. So I, I lose it. It's somebody a, else in Australia said like British garden snails are like so engaging. They're amazing. And it's kind of what I love about Seven Worlds though, is that you've got your own, everyone's got their own continent where you're like, hopefully we can even surprise you about your own continent. Yeah. But then, yeah, you can look at everybody else and go, no way, you know, like, there's, there's hamsters in the Europe episode. I mean, they're they're pets, right? Nobody 
nobody and then and then you watch them in the wild and you're like wow I didn't I totally didn't know that happened and so that that was really what we you know we wanted to show was like your own place look at this wonderful thing hopefully surprise you but look at the amazing diversity around the world that's it's, totally, it's very cool it's a hundred percent right and particularly like in our country obviously you grow up you, 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 I was never taught to fear them. I was never taught to fear anything growing up. You were just taught to respect it, understand that it's there, and you sort of go, if you see, if you see a Taipan, you know, probably just head in the other direction <laughs> yeah, as a it. rule. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember there was one thing I heard always stuck in my mind. I was surfing in my home because I'm from Newcastle, Australia, and I was I was out the back one day and there was a couple of guys out there and they were talking about a shark attack that had just occurred a couple of beaches down only two days before. And they were talking about whether the shark was still out there or not. And there was a pause in the conversation. And one of the boys went, uh, well, he'll either get you or get me. <laughs> Shrugged the shoulders and yeah. that was it. That was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I yeah. thought that's, that's – I think that's the way Australians approach nature down there, which mm. is basically – which is – I think maybe it's fatalistic. Maybe it's something we, we sort of uh, – we absorbed from the Anglo-Celtic culture that, of course, colonized the, the country for the last 230-odd years that sort of – Fatalism, that acceptance that there is something bigger out there than you as a human being. So it's best you just respect it and accept it. Yeah. That's right. It's respectful. And that's that's nice, isn't it? That's kind of, it's ca yeah, calm and respectful. And yeah, I mean, things things could happen, but you, you hope if you're uh, you're respectful to it, generally it'll be respectful to you. Are there yeah. any animals that you're not respectful of that you just think you can go and get stuffed? Yeah, not, <laughs> not particularly keen on you whatsoever. Yeah, you ever but... kicked a panda? <laughs> oh, man. Just to test it out. Pandas are yeah. such a pain. <laughs> uh, it's their fault, really. Yeah, yeah it's their fault. Um I, I mean, I don't, I don't like mosquitoes very much. I've had enough mm. of them. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think really any flying insect, I have a, I have an issue with. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've got a bone to pick. I don't even know if they have bones. I'm just saying. <laughs> they do I on have the outside. Is oh, that okay. correct? Yeah, exoskeleton. Okay, yeah. Okay. There yeah, we go. You've got an yeah, exoskeleton yeah. to pick with their thorax. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> 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 Such a just rolls off the tongue. That, yeah, that so very common phrase. It's so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I wanted to ask you. You were mentioning how you were. You got told that the cassowary, cassowary yeah. was on the beach by somebody. Is that part of the pre-production process? Do you just go around and talk to you know people uh, that are around and say like, hey, are there any uh, neat animals I should go check out that I've never seen before? I mean, it's it, all the ologists you mentioned at the beginning. That's that. Yeah. So we we talk to uh, lots and lots of different people before we go out. So a year speaking to hundreds of different people around around the continents. Um, experts who who live in the field and people who are studying it and that's that's how we we know that and then quite a lot of the stories come out of like maybe a scientific paper new papers or um then you you and most of the time you know we go really like with a good idea of what to expect and with somebody with us who knows that animal so we can help us read their behavior yeah. and then there's things like the the dingo sequence where that was a like, great sequence couldn't have been yeah. more different it was that 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 was just um we were. I was desperate to film dingoes. I don't know why. I just I just had this thing that they were such. They're such an iconic, like Australian animal, and yet they hardly ever filmed. So, mm -hmm. um, so I was like, well, we. I mean, I could have maybe worked out if they hardly ever filmed. It's because they're impossible to film. Um, but we just rang around a lot of places until we found. Um, there was this lovely ranger in Namadji National Park who was just like, yeah, I saw dingoes. <laughs> I was like, 
Okay, that's enough to go on. That'll do. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. I'll take you to him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, was that in a Victor- long time. Which national park did you say that's in? Namaji. Namaji, okay. Yeah, it's wow, just, I was near, just outside Canberra. Yeah, I was going to say because it looks like the Southern Highlands. It's mm. it's almost, and I think, again, that's what your documentary does so well, is capture the the geologic, well, sorry, I should say the um, the geographic diversity of the country. Oh, man. Which, like there's that wonderful shot of the wombats in the snow, which is not something you often attribute with Australia, but when you consider there is, there is an alpine, yeah. if you will, area it's just kind of like, you know, it's just sort of two things slightly pushed up out of the ground. Yeah. You know, but that's obviously being very dismissive. But that area where you shot that kangaroo sequence and where the snow was with the wombats and things like that, that's where the fires have been. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, right right on the edge of that. Um, so that's, yeah, Kosciuszko National Park's been badly affected where those wombats are and um, and also the area where the dingo um, yeah, all of all of those kind of drier areas. Um, yeah, that's exactly where the fires are. At the well, I know we are going to put a link if you guys are interested in the description of this podcast to where you can donate and try to help out uh, with these fires, oh. which is, uh, you know, please do everything that you can, because from what I've just seen on this episode, Australia is one of the most magnificent and diverse places on the planet. Um, for sure. I didn't know so much. I mean, I'm an idiot through and through, for sure. Uh, no, there's nobody's denying <laughs> yeah, that. You've started a podcast. I can't start a podcast. <laughs> it's not that Can you do a podcast, Dr. Emma? Uh, no, I'm there not. You go. No, so, I you can't know, do that. No, uh, <laughs> uh, Peek behind the curtain here. It's not, it's not that tough. It's not that tough. Um, but my point is, yeah, I didn't know that there was snow. I didn't know that the wombats, I, I remember they were they could only uh, survive on like a little bit of grass for like weeks at a time. I thought that was fascinating. And then most of it, I mean, I knew that there was like a desert area of Australia, but I didn't know that so much of it is dry. I think I wrote down, it says rain hardly falls on 70% of Australia and that there's literally like huge sections of it that are changing color, right? That they're like rusting because it's so dry. Yeah. Can yeah, you f- f- tell me about that? I found that absolutely fascinating. I mean, I, I just remember the first time I flew to Australia and, and I, and I, I um, you, f- you start flying, you can start seeing the desert and all the shapes down below. And, and then I fell asleep. Now, six hours later, I woke up and there's, there's desert still there down below. I mean, it's, it's um, especially coming from the UK, which is, let's face it, tiny. Like, it's, Australia's desert is just absolutely unbelievable. And the way the animals survive there is just, yeah, they're, they're really, really, really hardy. Yeah, they're um, tough. Yeah, they're it really, is. Really yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's unforgiving at times. There was only a, recently, two weeks ago, uh, people, because they always say if, you, if your car breaks down the desert, don't leave your car. Because you can see the car easier from the sky than they can you. Whoa. Yeah. So people, the car breaks down, they wander off and they die. And they're usually found within a mile or so of the car. Oh, my God. And there was only a case of this recently where someone survived out there for four days. Three people, uh, there was a party of three people. Two of them didn't come back and one did because oh they went out to go and find Why them. were they driving in the desert? Well, people, it's, it's, it's beautiful out there. It's, it's, Whoa, it's stunning. sure. Yeah, but... yeah. It's, it's if, you, if you can survive. Yeah. <laughs> part survivor, you know. Part, but my girlfriend always says to me when she flies to Australia, she's, she hears the survivor theme in her head like, from the moment she <laughs> She lands at Charles Kingsford Smith Airport. Yeah. Yeah. But my, my dad drove trucks for 30 odd years and I used to go every now and then I'd hop in the truck with him and go out and have a look. And he traversed a lot of the country. And one day he took me out west to a place called Cobar, which is a long way from where you shot some of some of the incredible sequences with the Parenti and mm. the Thorny Devil and things like that. But it's at the cusp of it. Once you get over the Liverpool Ranges and the Great Dividing Range and things like that, you hit you head west and you go through these lovely little towns, Mudgy, Bathurst, things like that, very cute little, very Anglicized, English-looking type little villages. They're very pretty. And then you you reach this point. There's a town called Ningen and you turn left over a railway line, you turn right and you go straight and that's it. And I remember going along and there was a period of time there where I realised we hadn't passed a car for 
an hour maybe more. And then when you reach Cobar itself, which is at the cusp of the outback, I remember standing there one night and the, the sun had just set and the, it was so flat, you could see the curvature of the earth. Oh man. You could look over the earth. It just hit at the right time where <laughs> the sun was just below the horizon and you could just see the slightest bend in the earth. Wow. And that's what captivated me. But then when I, I lived in Ireland when I was younger and we flew from London over, the UK, over to Dublin, I couldn't take my head away from the window. To see those beautiful rolling green hills and those gorgeous little towns and things like that, and then clouds, you know. But, <laughs> but it was it was such a difference. And when you fly from Sydney to Hong Kong, you, you fly for seven and a half hours, six hours, and then when you when you leave Australian airspace, the pilot actually makes an announcement. He says, "Ladies and gentlemen, we're now leaving Australian airspace." You're, you're watching, go, Jesus Christ, this six hours? Yeah, yeah. God. yeah, damn, this place is big. Yeah, and it's also funny to me that I'm sure everything that you're saying is completely legitimate. But if you were making up all those town names, <laughs> yeah. it was just well, like, I don't know. We do. yeah. 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 Did, did you get the drop bear thing when you were down there? I mean, you're a doctor in zoology. Oh, drop bears. Did right, you get the okay. drop? Did someone have the audacity to try the drop bear thing on yes, you? Yes, they did. So this is no. this, this is, is this this is the the animal that lives in the trees that falls out and kills you. Is that what it That's is? That's correct. Really, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did get the drop bear line. Yeah. What what is this? This is something, I mean, I don't know if we're letting him in on a secret here. That's what I'm worried about. Mm. I don't want to blow it for... I mean, that's kind of the point of this podcast, yeah. giving <laughs> Australian secrets. That's what I want. But there's a thing called a drop bear, which supposedly is, you know, obviously you've got grizzly bears, black bears, things like that. This is a, a, a cousin or a relative within the koala family that lives up in the tree okay. and it actually falls down and grabs your face and suffocates you. What? Yeah. Well, I got told it chewed your face off yeah, rather than suffocate you maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's frightening. These are quite yeah. serious creatures. I mean, I don't know what part of the- What of, do they normally eat? Just people. Yeah. Just Get people. out of here. I'm not trusting Most either of you. The, humans have been there for 60,000 years. So this doesn't exist. Fast. You're both effing with it. It was just actually a news report in Australia with a Scottish journalist from the yeah. BBC yeah. where they put her in all this safety gear and brought a koala out. And said, oh. Thank God her hook, the poor bugger. She's going, so this is the drop bear. Okay, hold it. She said, this is apparently a very serious creature. Yeah. And then people are cracking up in the background. She said, you're taking the piss out of me, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> yes, we you are. Know, koalas are pretty moody. I think if they could, they, they might. Yeah, they are surly. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, I wanted to, to go, rewind for a second because you mentioned the thorny devil, which mm. was something else that, of course, <laughs> yes. I did not know existed. Mm. And there's a sequence of it, and I want you to, to describe it to the folks at home. Okay, so the thorny devil is a little lizard that lives in the middle of the desert, and it's uh, it's about the size of a mouse. So oh, if you I didn't were, realize that. Yeah, it's quite small. Okay. Um, and it's uh, got a lot of, um, it's just very tough. It's very small, but it's very tough. And its special trick for um, surviving in the desert is that it can basically suck water out of the sand. So it, it, when it does rain in the desert, you get these tiny little puddles. They're just like a millimeter deep, a couple of millimeters deep. And it puts in its foot and then sucks the water all the way up um, its skin, like a straw, all the way to its face. And then kind of... Um, does a funny little gulp thing with its head and, and drinks the water from its from its yeah sucking it up from its feet and it's a very very I mean it's just a it's just a, it's just a hardy little animal you know it's a, they're kind of my favorite the ones which are tiny but just like just I mean like you say people can't survive in the desert this thing's fine you know? I mean it's a yeah. total superhero yeah. animal yes, I've never yeah. seen anything do yeah. that. A. No. B, it's designed by somebody who's like on mushrooms having a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. The thing has like thorns, <laughs> horns all over it. It just yeah. looks like no one would ever design something like this unless it's a defense 
mechanism. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't want to mess with this thing, it seems like. Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't believe how it just absorbs the water. It just yeah. sucks it up through its feet into its mouth. I yeah. knew a, um, a drag queen in Sydney named the Horny Devil. Okay, <laughs> similar. Could she she, she used that? to take the stage okay. uh, dressed as like uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert as a Thorny Devil. Nice. Her, uh, her stage persona was the, uh, the the horny devil. Was it? Is it? <laughs> it was a lot. Seems like a much more well known creature in she Australia. Could, she could absorb champagne like yeah. uh, like the like the like the thorny devil absorbs yeah, she water. Sucks it up through her yeah. toes. But what you mentioned about evolution—that's really interesting. And I wanted to raise this point with you about the blue ringed octopus. And I've, this is one of my favorite creatures. And what I loved about this doco is you guys didn't necessarily go towards, you know, the, the terrifying elements mm-hmm. of the, you know, the, the various creatures down there that have all the kinds of myotoxins, atraxotoxins, hematoxins, neurotoxins. They've all got awful toxins in them. Some do, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. The blue ringed octopus is the size of a golf ball mm-hmm. and kills full grown adults through this tetrodotoxin or something that it has in it. Can you explain the evolutionary purpose of a poisonous cephalopod? Mm. <laughs> wow. Didn't know you were going to be tested today. I, I'm just, I, I'm I, just I, curious. Because like, we're talking about isolation and yeah. evolution in isolation. Right. They yeah. mentioned yeah. that in the episode too, that, yeah. uh, that yeah. Australian animals have evolved in isolation, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it used to be part of what was called Gond- Gondwana, Gondwana Land. Yeah, yeah. Gondwana yeah. Land. But now they're alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, the blue ringed octopus. Why it's quite so, um, quite so poisonous? I don't know. I mean, there's, there's absolutely buckets of sea creatures that have toxins like that. I guess it's quite a dangerous place to live. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know why it's, why it's quite so feisty. Because that's, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it's um, probably been doing that for however long now. It, it's, it's like striking. surviving millions of years, yeah. and it's a horrible way to die too, because you, you're conscious while it kills you. Yeah. Oh, like, it stops you from breathing. So, so it shuts oh down all your God. voluntary wow. muscles. So evil. Well, the only reason I know this is because my, my dad dived and they, he was given a, 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 a guidebook to creatures to avoid <laughs> while you were diving. Yeah. And the Blue Ring Octopus, they said you basically suffocate. It's so, on the front page of this book. Yeah, yeah. It's like, do not pick this animal up. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's, they're beautiful. Like they go, they glow bright blue. These are great things to put on your Instagram page, yeah, actually. Absolutely. When they're pissed off, they go this neon blue color. Whoa. It's it's like, you know, it's like Hollywood Boulevard on a Friday night. Yeah. And these things, but but when they bite It's a shame because it makes you want to go yeah, towards exactly. it more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do the star tours. Yeah. But it's it's got this uh it's got this toxin in it that stops your breathing while you're fully conscious. Whoa. So to and there's wow. no there's no antivenine. So the only oh, way you man. can survive is just through CPR for 24 hours. Oh God. Yeah. It's like yeah, impossible. No, it, it, it's it's staggering because I was curious about because I've, I've asked there was a there's a guy in Australia called Dr. Carl Krasinicki who's a famous scientist down there and he's like everybody's favorite science teacher from high school and I asked him once about the funnel web spider and how this the the atraxotoxin in this thing is not fatal to a border collie like Katie like you know uh-huh. Emily's dog would be <laughs> not a problem in the world but a silverback gorilla yeah. would die within thirty minutes man so weird. So let's have uh, an octopus on the show and we'll ask. Yeah, him. we'll ask. Him. <laughs> so <laughs> is there on. is like is there any purpose to this? Do you think evolutionary wise, or it's just an accident? No, I mean it, uh, you mean uh, yeah. I mean there's there's I mean so many poisonous animals because lots of things will want to eat it otherwise, and m- most of the poisonous things, or a lot of poisonous things, are bright colours to warn people. I don't I don't know what particularly would have a go at the blue ringed octopus, but I imagine any kind of yeah big fish and stuff. Yeah, it must be a defence against that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. but um. Yeah, no, it's a yeah. I, don't, I yeah, not not sure, but it's a pretty beautiful animal. It's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The break is over. 
Here we go back to the show about science. I also wanted to ask, there's a, a part that I loved in this episode where the bats, I don't remember what kind of bats they <laughs> well, the were. Flying foxes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah flying, flying foxes, foxes yeah. where they, uh, they all, there's like 10,000 of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And like one by one, they just skim the surface of the water because they're thirsty. Cause of mm-hmm. course, Australia is super dry and they just want some water. And so they skim the surface of the water with their bellies, with their little tums, and they get them wet and then on their own will like drink the water from their stomach, right? Yep. And then, but it's a risk because there's crocodiles in the water. And so every now and then a croc will at the perfect time jump up and, you know, cause they've been there for millions of years mm-hmm. too, right? They're like pre dinosaurs. They're pre dinosaurs, yeah, yeah. So they just have this great ability to take out bats every now and then. So were you <laughs> on location at this event? So I, I wasn't on location at that. I have filmed uh, crocodiles and caiman and things like that before. And it is the weirdest thing because they they are so, um, they're so calm. And also when you're filming them, you, you know where they are because you've been watching them, right? So right. you're, you, you know where they are. You've looked around your boat and there's a couple on your left and there's a couple on the right, there's a couple behind you. It's fine. You turn <laughs> Doesn't away. Doesn't sound fine, by the way. Oh, well. well. <laughs> For you, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, the it's, ones, it's, it's the ones you see you don't have to worry about. It's the ones you don't see. Yeah. Right. Well, this, this is the thing is that you'll, you'll turn and you'll do something and be like, okay, cool. I, I, you know, we got that shot. We'll, we'll turn back. And they are, they're just closer. They're not, they're not attacking you. They're just closer. They're just closer and closer and closer. And it's like, I don't know if you guys have what time is it, Mr. Wolf here? It's a, do, <laughs> no, do, um, what is that? Really? What do, is that? It's a kid's game it's where, where one person like um, uh, stands facing away from everybody else and you have to get closer and closer and try and touch the person. And then, it's and a then spooky you, game. It's a spooky game, but these, these crocodiles just... Ends with a child's death. Oh, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, that's sweet. That's, they're the sort of predator that just you think, you think I, it's okay. I am, I am in charge of this. I can see you. Everything is fine. And you're right. It's, it's not fine. They're just getting closer and closer and closer. And it's, yeah. It's, Have they tried to take a swipe at you guys when you're on a boat? Because they come out of nowhere. I mean, it's, just, it's like lightning fast speed that they snatch these bats yeah. up. And the other, the other thing is that they can just wait. So you kind of forget as well. Like, you know, even if you're paying attention, humans have got like an attention span of a few minutes really. And, and, and they can just, they can just sit there. They can just, yeah. yeah. It's an hour and a half later. That'll yeah. just creep a bit closer. Uh, it's be, been yeah. millions of years. We're cool. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. chilling. We, yeah, we could wait another, I think another the, 10 minutes to get closer. The, 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 you make that point in the documentary. David does in his narration. He says how oh, there's some animals that are just meant to wait and there's others that are meant to move. <laughs> and it, it's so true. Like you've got uh, the, the when the kangaroos in the, the dingo sequence – bouncing across the country. Yeah. And they, even their movement's a survival mechanism. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, macropods, like kangaroos, yeah. that, do they have the most efficient form of locomotion in the animal kingdom? Um, I, the, it, whether it's the most efficient, it is, I'm not sure, but it is, it is very, very efficient. And that's why they can move across Australia. Just it's Yeah, they're, they're incredible. They're, they're very, very fast and they can just keep going. They're incredible animals. They're very, very so, cool. So, yeah, unbelievable yeah, watching them. Because I thought at first... Because I'm used to seeing dogs. I'm used to seeing, you know, a wolf every now and then in a documentary. So I see, you know, to me, it's just like, oh, they're super fast. Nothing's going to outrun that. And you see in this sequence, the kangaroos, and it's tough. This, you know, this dingo has a hard time trying to catch a kangaroo. That hop is insanely effective. (laughs) They are quick. It's pretty cool. Their slight weakness is they're not that clever. So that's true. It's true. Nobody tell them. It's really awkward, but it's true. Yeah. So they're, they're fast, but yeah, but the, the dingo, the 
the dingoes can slightly oh. slightly outwit them, which is why they were. Um, I think one on of the them ran into a rock. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, which I mean, is not. A, it's, it's like what was, Dad said in the truck. Is they're sort of dopey. <laughs> they sort of just stare. It yeah. makes them cuter though. It makes <laughs> them <laughs> cool. <laughs> Doughy eyes and the ears. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely adorable. Yeah. And but, no, not not bright. Not as not, no not no. Bright. So that's what the dingoes got on got on her side is just yeah maybe a little bit a little bit more Man. brain power. And the dingoes, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong because I'm very often wrong. Uh, the dingoes were brought to Australia. Or are they native to Australia? They probably came across with people about four to eight thousand years ago. So it, they pro- it wasn't. They may or may not have been like bought deliberately. Mm. But um, like Australia, you can think of Australia as like this: it, a complete isolation. And then in the last few thousand years, um, things have come across from Asia. So um, so the bats came from Asia, and uh, wow. and dingoes came across for about four to eight thousand years ago. Why do you think that is? Why did they come across? Yeah, like- um, so there, uh, there was um, there was actually an ice age there, so there was a bit of a land bridge. So they, it wasn't as ridiculous as it sounds. Like okay. they, they, it was much easier to cross then. There were lots more islands, mm. um, and yeah, they could have come with people as well. They could have, they could easily have been brought across by a wave of people. Indigenous people have been in Australia for sixty thousand years, but right. that wasn't like one set of people coming across. Lots and lots of people have, have come across loved across Australia back then. It's a hot yeah. place. Literally yeah. hot. Yeah, literally hot. But it even goes back to the colonial times too. There's, there's, there's evidence of Chinese uh, Chinese explorers up around the top end in yeah, the 17th right. century Ooh. checking things out in the Dutch and yeah. the French. You know, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Arthur Philip and the First Fleet, La Perouse was going to get to Sydney first. The French explorer. Okay, yeah, so and where can we listen to your history <laughs> history of Australia podcast? I think you I, may know. Yeah, you know. I like I this. Yeah. No, yeah, but it yeah. is. It's really interesting. And like, on, I, I just finished working with a with a, an Aboriginal actor in Australia named Mark Cole Smith, uh-huh. whose nation's from the Northwest Cape, um, not far from where you mm. shot that incredible sequence with the sharks, the Kimberley area. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's obviously further in, but that section of Australia, which is massive, yeah. he's nations from up there. And he was talking stories about how, and I think they just did, the anthropologist, I think in the UK recently said, Aboriginal Dreamtime stories are identical across several, so similar across several nations, they're pretty certain that they can, they, they're articulating the Ice Age itself. Yeah, right. So the stories themselves are actual, actually accurate Wow. To this land bridge that you're talking about with yeah. the dingoes coming across. So their stories, their lineage, their I was what I'm looking for, their um their I guess their storytelling reflects the actual ice age itself going back to sixty odd thousand years. And you guys also had a thing that you said was sixty thousand years old, the petroglyphs, mm. right? Oh, the drawings yeah. on those yeah. rocks. Yeah. That was absolutely That was an awesome part of it. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. an incredible place up up in northwest Australia. It's the longest, like there's a million drawings on the on like this. It looks like a giant's thrown like marbles all over the landscape. And on each of the marbles is like a drawing um going from sixty thousand years until relatively recently. And it's just this amazing like catalogue of the animals that have been there. It's absolutely absolutely incredible mind-blowing yeah. stuff and yeah i think hardly hardly filmed before and just yeah really 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 so grateful to get permits to work up there it was very very cool i couldn't believe that i'd never seen that before it just seems like that's a wonder of the world right there yeah you yeah know, the, like, is it called the devil's the devil's marbles is that what you're talking about up there or is this uh no it's it's oh, um, that's my friend brian <laughs> <laughs> the marbles. his reputation precedes him <laughs> yeah he's pretty cool <laughs> no it's it's a it's a it's a boulder field um but it's uh yeah, just just incredible catalogue of all these like amazing animals. You're right, and it's uh, the, the the those animals exist on the rocks. They exist in storytelling, but obviously they're 
gone gone now. Yeah, I was going to say there's one that was extinct, like it is extinct already, and then there's another one I can't remember which the Tasmanian Devil, I think it was no. that like could be extinct no. soon. Oh, the Tasmanian. I don't devils, know where yeah. we're at on that. I don't know if you have an update for us. This how many is... are left? But I thought that that was really tough for me. I mean, I'm a sensitive guy, you know, by <laughs> no, nature. It's true. But it, it was is. that was a tough segment to to yeah. think about this adorable yeah. creature that could be on its way out because well, we're a bunch of assholes, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Is that the right yeah. way to say well, it? No, that, that, that's what, well, the, that's what I think has affected people so much with the fires. It has been mm-hmm. seeing the effect on the um, on the, the ecology of the place. Right. But the devils have the fa- this awful facial tumor disease, which is spread, unfortunately, just through their natural behavior. Is, is that correct? Where they, they fight each other? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, the the the. I feel like I could have picked one of a hundred different animals in Australia to do this story on, but we picked the devil just because it, um, oh, just because I love it and it's cute. They're awesome. I they love are them. awesome. They're yeah, so creatures. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, a lot a lot of Australia's animals, um, all these amazing mammals, most of which like people will never have heard of, like you know, quokkas and betongs and all these different things, yeah. and they. Um, People have pushed them into these tiny little pockets um, where they're only surviving in um, small, very small populations in tiny little protected areas. And that's why, from a wildlife point of view, that's why the fires could be so devastating because we've pushed them through um, lots of different reasons into these tiny pockets. And if, and if a fire goes through that now, that's, that's, that's that animal extinct. Jeez. And yeah, in, uh, we've got some footage of an extinct animal in the in the program as well, which so, is just a piece of footage I remember seeing a number of years ago, and just being just being heartbroken. I mean, why does it matter? But how how sad to have lost lost such a beautiful animal. It's called the the thylacine or Tas- Tasman- yeah. yeah Tasmanian wolf, but it's just a beautiful animal. I'm just gutting that we've lost it. It's just because it's so unique. I mean, yeah. it's such an amazing that creature in particular, but but any, I mean, if you think about, you know, we talked with uh, Johnny Keeling about losing a white rhino that he saw mm. and he was describing it to us. And again, it's just something that you can't replicate. There's no other, mm. you know, the, the fact that we don't have any more or will not have any more for the rest of time. Yeah. It just makes you feel really small, insignificant yeah. and uh, and like a scumbag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For not dedicating your life yeah. to yeah. saving all of yeah. these animals. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But you can, mark. you yeah. can. That's the thing. That's, Here we you go. know, we. Yeah. <laughs> Please save us. <laughs> no, well, the Devil's Ark in, in the Barrington Tops. Did, did you come across the Devil's Ark mm-hmm. in your time there? Yeah. 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 I, well, I mean, what's t- the Devil's t- Ark? The Devil's Ark. You, well, you, you I know about Noah's about. Ark from my <laughs> Jewish school years. This, this is uh, slightly um, slightly more animals, I would say. Oh, more yeah, animals. Yeah. That's it, even it, better. It's less monogamous. Let's describe it as that. Okay. Good. Maybe yeah. No, the Devil's Ark is a is a massive initiative that's been undertaken uh, not far from my hometown. Right. Actually, okay. In the Barrington yeah, Tops. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I'd love to get your opinion on the Devil's Ark. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a breeding centre, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. So so oh. on on the mainland. Um, yeah. I mean, the people have done are trying to do so much for the the Tassie Devils. Barrington Tops is um, absolutely um, the edge of it's on fire as well. So that's yeah. yeah it's um, those those little refuges where people are doing their hardest to protect the animals. They're the they're very vulnerable at the moment, I think. Very, very vulnerable. Yeah. And are yeah. there any plans to encapsulate most of Australia in a fireproof dome? Or how does that... <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking on my feet here, guys. I'm trying to solve this now. Yeah, so like one big fire blanket, just... Whew, there one you go. huge fire blanket oh, dome. I wish we had one. No, I mean... That's a good plan. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think it works. I mean, it's, it sounds practical. Can't be any yeah. worse than what's been happening down there now. Look, it, it's it's funny. Like You probably would have been told this when you were down there, but fire is so essential to the ecology of mm. of the of the continent. Without fire, some 
plants don't exist. Mm. Like the Banksia is a famous mm. example of if it, it doesn't germinate unless it comes across fire. Okay. So it's and the Aboriginals, of course, used it to for agricultural purposes over sixty thousand years. There's a book called Dark Emu at the moment, which has recently been released, which goes really deep into Aboriginal agricultural practices to to live off the land. And okay. it's, it's quite it's quite they were quite complex and quite sophisticated. So it's very deep. But uh, these things are just absolutely unprecedented and is, of course, an end result of climate change. And, and even down there, just speaking colloquially with people, just speaking in uh, – just passing, like my grandma's 86 years old and when you chat to her, she goes, yeah, no, nah, I don't, don't know what this is. This is this feels strange. And it's new. Yeah, a lot of people have been sort of – you can just sense it down yeah. there. It's, it's a, I don't know whether you had that experience when you were down there. Did you feel – as though things seemed off? Did you have any sort of... Uh, yeah, were you having fun or was it the end times? <laughs> <laughs> well, was it spring break or was it, you know, revelations? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I've been doing this for 13 years and and uh, we we are always getting told by people all over the world, this is not how it was, this is not how it was. Really? And, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I think, I think with Australia, it's slightly the canary in the cage in some ways because... It's it is very hot. It's very dry. It's dry. It's it's got hotter by a few degrees um, uh, in the last few years. Mm. And what's crazy is, yeah, you're right. It does need f- a lot of the animals, some of the plants, and the animals. They do need they do need some level of fire to survive. And even in Australia, where that's true, they can't survive these fires. It's 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 even though they've evolved with fire, this is beyond survival. Um, and that's what makes it kind of kind of crazy. Well, then may I ask the question then, and this is, <laughs> this is for, for a lighthearted comedy podcast. Oh, yeah. This might be, but I'm just curious. So it always we, gets here. We were talking about the wombats earlier. Yeah. And mm. there's been conversation. This is just colloquial, and this is just simply hearsay and conjecture, and I don't know whether you as a zoologist would know anything about this, but there's stories of wombats who are quite – do you ever have like a cranky neighbor living <laughs> next door, the kind of guy who would bang you on the roof here with a broom, saying, hey, kids, keep it down up there, yeah, that kind absolutely. of thing. Wombats are kind of like they're quite surly little creatures. Okay. And, there was two famous ones in Adelaide Zoo, one called Fatso and Notso. And Fatso <laughs> was fat and Notso was not so fat as Fatso. But yeah, anyway, I'm, I digress. They're, they're, they're surly. There's stories of them in these fires having other animals come into their burrows with them. Can now the, the, like, this is true? It's absolutely fair income. I wow. swear to God, I'm not. This is not. This is not drop bear territory. <laughs> this is fair income. So there was like there was a story of a farmer who had in Victoria, not far from where you saw that sequence with the kangaroos and the dingoes. He saw a goanna, a couple of echidnas, and a wallaby come out of a a, a um a wombat den. Yeah, wow. true. So so um, the wombats are. Uh, you're right. I mean, they are grumpy and they are tough. <laughs> yeah, well, I love you know, them because they're just such dicks. <laughs> yeah, they're just they. That's that's how yeah. they've got by. You know, that's how they've got by. They're not fast. <laughs> they're not trim. They're just surly. <laughs> they're just they're, surly. They write letters to the editor. You know, yeah. dear yeah. BBC. Yeah. You know, they're that. Like, they're yeah. that man. Yeah, Cecilia yeah. Wombat from Hull. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Disgruntled all. Wombat. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but they and they and they survive. The reason they're in the snow is because they. Um, which is where they are in the program we film them in the snow. It's because they dig very deep burrows, and that's how they survive. Dig with the deep burrows, and it's a it's a godsend for the animals in the fire. So it's not deliberate. They're not trying to help the other animals, which I know has been suggested. I doubt they're trying to help deliberately. Yeah. But those burrows are a, are a place where other animals can escape to. So yeah, those wombats are heroes. They're they're definitely providing uh, shelter for for some of the other animals, wow. which is which is very cool. For all those wombats yeah. listening, thank you so much. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they, for yeah. your yeah. gratitude. Yeah, yeah. 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 they they, they yeah. probably will dismiss and shrug their shoulders. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, leave me a nasty review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, 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 the Yelp reviewers. I don't think they're that. <laughs> they don't mess with. They're, they're more sort of call up and complain. 
going to the manager type animals. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're more direct. So my boss will hear from yeah, them. Yeah, totally. So you'll hear from me on Monday. They're those <laughs> kinds of guys. Um, well, we have to start wrapping it up, unfortunately. Um, both of you are uh, my best friends, I feel like, and I just want to talk to you for hours. Um, but I did want to mention this, that at the end, which I always love these segments, you guys have a little behind the scenes making of uh, the Australia episode. And there seemed to be an issue. You guys were following these dingoes or that one dingo, I should mm-hmm. say, really for like five weeks, something yep. like that, yeah, six yeah, yeah. weeks. And really? it was a oh, seemed yeah. like a grueling process. And there was some footage of a guy getting like torn up by ants. Do you know this man? Is that a common thing? I, l- well, I loved seeing that footage. It was, <laughs> loved it when I found that. Yeah. So, um, so that was the director, Theo. Okay. Um, one of our better looking members of staff, which is good. And he, uh, yeah, he trod on a, he trod on an ant's nest and just got absolutely nailed by them and yeah, had to strip, strip down to his pants. May <laughs> I ask what ants these were? Were these the jack jumpers or the bull ants? Uh, I, I don't know. They were big black ants. I can't, yeah, big black ants about, about that big, but um, whatever they were, oh, they, they bit. And the crew rough. also came across a brown snake, which you'll see in that as well. Oh, Just, right. Uh, yes. Yeah. There was, so uh, scary. They can be stroppy too. Yeah. But that, but that is, that is, that is working in Australia. It's, it, it, it's booby trapped. The animals are amazing, but it's it's just booby trap with stuff like that. Did you have so. any difficulties or a, or a close encounter with uh, an issue, an injury? Uh, me personally. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm too hard for that. No, I was fine. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've, been, I've been there enough times. Yeah, I was. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm Sunburn. Good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dodgy beer and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you got you to avoid that four X up in Queensland. Oh my goodness me, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's the worst thing that happens. That's the worst. Okay. It's about, yeah, that, but everybody's okay. Everyone's okay. Okay. Yeah, we're used to it. It's, it's, yeah, it's just part of the job. I got bitten by yeah. a huntsman. Oh. I've been bitten by a few things. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a huntsman under my shirt collar. You know, the huntsman spiders? Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- these are the really, they look really angry. Whoa. And there's the, the, they're sort of like this. Okay. And they get up in your shirt collar. <laughs> yeah. So Mum used to hang our school uniforms up over the chairs at night and they crawl up in your shirt collar. Yeah. They're about, for you. They're about the size of a dollar note if they're really big. Whoa. And this one was not small. And I remember I felt the leg touch my neck and I swatted it and I pushed it so hard it bit me through my shirt. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I've had, I've had one encounter with those. So it was a while ago. Um, somebody picked one up and I said, do those things jump? And he said, no. And it jumped straight on my face. <laughs> oh, man. That's classic. They cause car accidents. They get in people's visors. No, this is true. It's the, the seventh leading cause of car accidents in Australia is huntsman spiders. They get in people's cars. They get up in your visor. Oh, so and scary. And it happened to me. I pulled the visor <laughs> oh. down, driving from Newcastle City one day for uh, for something, and I, it, it fell, it landed on my hand and I threw my hand to the ground. I was like, far out! Chucked my hand like that. <laughs> yeah. Pulled the car over. Got, I don't know why, but I rang my dad up and was like, there's a huntsman in your car. <laughs> you bastard. What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> you sick freak. Man. Yeah, that's really scary. I mean, I'm scared of spiders in general, but if they were in my car and my visor, it'd probably crash and yeah. kill a bunch of people. You just accept it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Accept Is there, it. where should I go if I was to visit Australia? Where do you think is like, oh, you have to go? To this place for me, it's the rainforest. Yeah. It okay. is. You you walk you walk in and you think I know dinosaurs saw this. That's exactly what a dinosaur would have seen. It's, it's cool. But I, isn't that also it. the booby trapped area you were talking about? Yeah, but that's the experience. That's 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 part of yeah. it too. Yeah. Okay, you, you gotta, get got by stuff. You got to lose okay. at least one limb. Yeah, right. I think. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I think for me it would be uh, probably the because I'm a coast. I grew up on the coast and probably Byron Bay oh, area yeah. is really pretty. Okay. It's um it's a stunning area. Of it's an old volcano there, Mount Warning. An old volcano was there, and it's uh, ecologically it's it's 
beautiful and lush, but it's also uh, really quite, it's quite undeveloped still up there. There's no traffic lights for like 30 miles. Wow, cool. So it's a very pretty spot. And the ocean, they're just getting killer whales back there now too. Oh, wow. They had killer whales there to the 1950s, but then the whaling drove off, you know, they killed so many humpback whales and drove the killer whales off because their prey disappeared. Yeah, right. yeah. But the whales are coming back so strong now, they've just sighted killer whales up there Whoa. for the first time. And that means that there's less sharks now. In Byron Bay. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, because the yeah. killer whales eat the sharks and okay. they, there's been a lot of shark – well, lot, there's been shark attacks up yeah, there yeah. and there's yeah. great whites there. They're big. But, yeah, the killer whales are coming back, which so means – So that's the next program, the killer whales versus sharks. Yeah. Oh, that okay. sounds great. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. like something either the sci-fi channel will have or yeah. you guys have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, it sounds like we should just kill a bunch of people. Now, hold on. I know that that sounds violent. It sounds <laughs> bad. Hear me out. Hear me <laughs> out. I think it will save so a lot of animals. Saying, you're saying Thanos was right. I think he was onto something. Yeah. I do we're going to have him next week, so I am going to ask him. Um, no, but I do want to give you guys a plug uh, section here. Is there something you'd like to tell people about, something you're involved with coming out? I think I'd love to hear you plug first, like with everything oh, sure. you have coming out. Well, yeah. definitely Seven Worlds, One Planet, yeah, seven I worlds, presume. Planet. Uh, yeah, Seven Worlds, One Planet. The, uh, please watch the, the series, watch the Australia episode. It's, yes. I hope it's going to make you you know laugh and cry and yeah get get involved it's a absolutely yeah, a very 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 cool place and um the series explores the different continents and and you'll you'll see a lot of stuff a lot of new stuff a lot of beautiful stuff a lot of emotional stuff um it's one yeah. of the most amazing things that i've ever seen i'm sure you feel the same way it was Completely just that, yeah. unbelievable the yeah. series it, it is and we worked on it for four years and i'll cry if if yeah. people don't like it please no, oh it, everyone's gonna love it emma <laughs> no it's amazing it's so and no bombings and and the reason you're portraying it this saturday and i, I found this in my research to, to come in here today was and david attenborough said it on his on his voiceover is because of the fires mm-hmm. so this episode was supposed to take place further into the, the season yeah. but because of the horrifying events that have happened down there they've brought it forward just to show the diversity of of australia's wildlife and yeah that's show- right so the fires aren't in the episodes they happened no, afterwards yeah. but but um but the episode yeah show, shows the um shows the diversity of the country and what we you know what we might what we might lose in the fires totally yeah wow no my plug is that yes please <laughs> i've got a movie coming out this year called rainfall um great with ken jong and daniel gillies comes out in the middle of this year in cinemas okay and look out for rainfall se- yeah it's a sequel to a movie we called we made called occupation which is on netflix now if you want to have a look at it so this one rainfall being cinemas middle of this year great. and i've got another one called seance coming out uh, soon that's what I, I did this year i was in australia working on rainfall till the middle of december and then we wrapped. I was surfing on the beach, and within three days, I was in Pennsylvania in the snow. And it was the first time in my life I'd ever seen snow. Oh, wow. It was amazing. So I went from like the height of summer down there was 106 degrees to <laughs> 11 degrees Fahrenheit, you know, for, for us with the um, with the metric system, shall we say, yeah. 40, like 40 degrees Celsius yeah. to minus 12. It was amazing. It was yeah. great. And then yeah. your body passed out. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I lost three fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've shortened my life by three decades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've noticed that oh, one of your eyes just doesn't open now. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. Um, Well, Zach, Emma, thank you so much for joining me and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our associate producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger. And the executive Perth producer is Brett Kushner. Follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. Or feel free to send us an email, badscience at seeker.com. That's badscience at seeker.com. Let us know what you think about the show, any movies we should do in the future. I always appreciate getting your emails. And of course, leave us an iTunes review. That lets other people hear about the show. And I'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.